Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. Welcome to the Dallas Soccer Show presented by the Striker Texas. We're your guides to the roller coaster that is FC Dallas fandom. Uh, we just passed our fifth year of doing the show, which makes us the longest running FC Dallas focused podcast in your app today. I'm Dustin Nation, and in this episode, we're going to check in on that wild Texas Derby from Saturday, and we'll try to figure out what FC Dallas needs to do in order to be able to actually close out a match. Uh, along with me tonight is the man responsible for my interest in FC Dallas. It's Tristan Vick. How's it going, Tristan? It's good, man. Just another hot Tuesday night in Frisco. Seems to be a lot of hot nights lately. So gotta love it. Mm-hmm. It'll be All a right. theme. <laughs> it's called summer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right. So uh, as we resume from a bit of a podcast hiatus, uh, I want to take a moment and talk about what you can expect uh, from our panelists lineup uh, going forward. Um, not changing is that we'll still have Nico Mendez on. However, he's been called into the nuclear physics line of duty this week. Um, what is changing is that Jonathan Ross will be stepping away from the mic for a while. And in his place, we've managed to convince Mr. Tyler Kern to step up and uh, he'll be joining us whenever he can. How do you get, how do Tyler? Hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Oh man, it's a uh, it's a new era. <laughs> it is, and we'll <laughs> see if we can't close this episode out episode out better than FC Dallas closed out uh, their game on Saturday and uh, really every game recently. So, you know, we might have closed out an episode more recently than FC Dallas. We have to go check the stats. Yikes! Oh, all right. Uh, we're going to start off with a little bit of uh, some late breaking news on this Tuesday. Uh, the all-star roster was announced today, and making that all-star roster was Jesus Ferreira and Paul Areola. Uh, gentlemen, the the surprise there to me, uh, both are having great seasons. The surprise there to me is that both were fan votes, and that doesn't really happen super often with FC Dallas. Any thoughts on on that uh, those namings? Yeah, I think that the fan vote thing is encouraging. That's really exciting. I think from an FC Dallas perspective uh, to have fans engaged and caring about these players, I think it helps that they both are prominent national team players as well. Um, and uh, yeah, just the, the, the contrast, I suppose, of last season, Ricardo Pepe was, I believe, a commissioner's choice to get into the team because uh, he was on a hot run at that time. Um, but Ricardo Pepe did not get in via fan voting last year. And so to have two FC Dallas players get in, on the backs of a their performance and b fan voting, I think is encouraging in a lot of ways. So yeah, that's uh, it's it's good news. Excellent. Um, Justin, any th- any thoughts before we moved on onto the Texas Derby? I just can't wait to see them do the uh, thing where they try to shoot into the net around the targets during the All Star festivities, and it becomes incredibly frustrating the players and it's hilarious to watch because they're used to excelling at everything and then they go one for 10 or whatever the number of shots they get are and it's it's far can't handle it. it yeah everybody tries to imitate nba all-star weekend but quite frankly there's no point i just get to the match i think is what most people want to see maybe have like a, a race it's too bad hey, there's not go. like a there's not a target that's like 
20 feet above the goal because Brian Acosta would dominate that comp- that competition Ooh, every a, yeah. single oh, year, right? He'd be a he'd be a coach's pick. You could no, get that sponsored no, uh, real question. fast. Yeah. 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 Hey, all I have to say is goalie wars or we riot. Love me some the goalie one where wars. They, they throw the ball at each other. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. All right. So so Saturday night was the uh Texas Derby. It was the second meeting of FC Dallas and Houston of the year it was the last one of the year so um i believe uh so el capitan was up for grabs um for in that match and it was a, it was definitely a wild affair uh it got off to a, a crazy start uh and then in the 27th minute hedges uh got on the end of a corner kick put us put fc dallas up 1-0 uh but then in the 55th minute right after half halftime uh thor Ol- Olferson uh, got uh, on the end of a a ball that was just bouncing around in traffic. Uh, no one could get a get a piece of it from FC Dallas. Poss had to jump over over his own men to try to get to it. And at the end the end of the day, it went under. He hit the uh, underside of the crossbar and in. And and uh, Tristan texted me that uh, Thor is probably possibly one of the best soccer names there is. Uh, and unfortunately we get to see it on the score sheet. So it's at that point, it's one, one. And then, uh, the game looks looking like a one, one draw. It's like in the 90th minute, uh, uh, Houston gets on a breakaway and Farfan catches up to him, collides with, with Poss goes out of the game, just stretchered off. He gets some like whiplash head injury concussion protocol all that stuff so we got to see i think my first concussion protocol sub that i can remember where they were out of completely out of subs and then they get a concussion protocol and they get an extra sub so uh, do you guys remember one of those i i personally can't remember another instance like that um where out of subs that's yeah that's that's the first time i can i can remember seeing that so um and this was not a uh a situation for people who maybe weren't watching the game or are unfamiliar with the rule. I think part of the concern for a lot of people is that, oh, okay, you're going to have guys go down on the slightest contact to get an extra sub for their team, that sort of thing. That is not at all what this was. Marfan, no. there was a point where I thought he was out cold, like out, out, uh, because the the side of his head meets the knee of Martin Poss with some ferocity as both of them were running directly towards each other uh in an attempt to make sure that uh, a, a goal wasn't scored so yeah that was a that was a bad one it was not fun to watch yeah his head was pinballing around but the good news is um he posted on his instagram afterward that he's fine uh he did go to the hospital for preca- for precautions um but it looks like he's going to be okay um so that adds some time to the match and by some time i mean lots of time um, and in the uh, 93rd minute, uh, Jesus Ferreira gets on the end of an attempted cross from Obreon, who had just gotten on the end of a really awesome through ball from Brandon Cervania. Obreon tries to cross the ball in. It bounces off the defender, takes a really weird deflection, ends up on Jesus Ferreira's feet, who slots it home, and it's over, done and dusted, or so we thought. Um, like I said, lots of lots of time added on um and in the 101st minute a shot comes into the box pause kind of you can't collect it 
it bounces off of him and the rest of the defense is just kind of caught flat footage, flat footed. Nobody really reacts. And teenage Hadibi uh, beats Nkosi Tafari to the ball and it's all level at two. Uh, snatching a draw from the from the grasp of a win. Uh, and to add insult to injury, right at the, the end of the game, Brandon Cervania gets his uh, his second yellow card. He'd gotten one for time-wasting right before the goal, and then he got one right at the end of the game, and so he got a, a red card and will have to miss New York City on Wednesday. So uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot going on in that match. That's what happens when you have 15 minutes of added time. There's always and it and it's a hundred degrees on the field. I mean, those guys, everybody on both sides, I think, was pretty much gassed towards the end, running on fumes. So tempers but flaring, they say. Yeah, it was the it was the fiftieth Texas Derby. So um a milestone and a, a a night to remember for sure. And maybe not in the best way. Well, Farfan won't remember it, but <laughs> everybody else will. <laughs> Hopefully he DVR'd it so he can go back yeah, and actually yeah, go the the gaps. get a sense of what <laughs> happened in that match. But uh, yeah, that, that match truly did have a little bit of everything. You had goals, you had uh, some nice saves, you had missed opportunities, you had uh, Hector Herrera making his debut, you had injuries, you had, you know, it, you name it, this game had it. And uh, all of that wrapped up in a in a hotly contested rivalry. So, you know. Uh, it was all there. Yeah. If you're a neutral, you love to see it. Yeah. It added to what was already like a wild ass MLS weekend, right? You had, uh, El Clasico, you had, uh, which was fun as heck. You had a seven nil win for, uh, Philadelphia. So like this weekend had just so much insanity. And I feel like, uh, it felt nice to add to that insanity to a certain extent, although it would have been nicer to have come away with three points instead of just one. Yep. FC Dallas and, and Houston goes to meet. Wait, wait, what about yeah. us, guys? <laughs> cool. All right. Well, um, let's go around Robin here and let's just kind of break the – we don't have a, uh, time to, you know, do a full full breakdown. So let's just go around and let's each talk about, like, the thing that stood out to them in the match. Um, and we'll uh, – Tyler, you're, you want to go first since you're uh, – yeah first time this i guess this season yeah being on the show so so you teased it earlier so we're gonna wrap up the show talking a little bit more about the inability to finish off games and so i don't want to take it too far in that direction but i do want to mention and this this is the thing that i came away like needing to talk to people about after the game so i figured this is the perfect way to do it (laughs) it is i thought last season in kosi tafari was one of the revelations of the year and All you have to do is go watch the highlight of Houston's equalizer in extra time to feel like he's not on it right now. Uh, He is, whether it's lack of game time, uh, so he's just not sharp, whether he's just off in one way or another. uh, Like you mentioned, while you were kind of giving the game rundown, Dustin, shot comes in, Pasta's a nice job to, to save it to begin with, but there's a rebound there to be collected. And Tafari has turned and is looking at Poss, sees that the rebound has come out, and makes no effort whatsoever to get to the ball. And he just doesn't move. <laughs> and, and look, like he was a second-half sub, so I know it's hot and I know people are tired, but this is not a guy that had been out there for 100 minutes at that point. Um, and he just he just doesn't move. And then he sees a Houston player busting ass to get in there, and then he 
like kind of then tries to make a move and get in front of the Houston player. And try, but by that point, it's it's way way too late. And so my my immediate kind of knee jerk reaction coming out of that is like, man, I don't know. I, Dallas is a lot of things this season, and one of the things they they very very much are is is thin. They are not a deep team by any means. Mm-hmm. And so I know what I'm gonna say is gonna it will not happen because it kind of can't happen for a lot of reasons. But I don't know that I would let Tafari see the field for a little bit as a result. That, that that's the kind of thing that if you're playing pickup on Sunday with friends and a buddy does that, like you're in his ear, right? And much <laughs> much less a professional, right? Like. Yeah, much less a, a guy who I thought was one of the brighter spots from what was otherwise a dismal year last year. Um, well, he was he was the clearance king last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Like that kind of ball, like you'd expect him to just like he, how we go at eight or nine clearances a game. Yeah, yeah. So while while that game had everything, and while there are so many different talking points, the one thing I came away just like mind boggled was that in no way, shape, or form should that equalizer have come about in the way that it did. If if Houston, you know, breaks you down and you're you're bunkered in and they, you know, put a nice cross in and someone gets on the end of it, okay, that's that sucks. But the way that that goal happened was just absolutely infuriating to me because it negated so much hard work over the previous 100-plus minutes. So that's that's my one thing I came away from. I don't think Tafari is going to get benched for an extended period of time, but if it was up to me, I don't think he would see the field for a little bit. Yeah. Tristan, do you what do you why what do you think's up with uh, Tafari? I think it's a sophomore slump type of syndrome. There's a. I also think that the pressure between and the back line, especially at center back, is interesting because I've noticed that Hedges has had a little bit more of a. We've been a little quicker to give him time off and pull him a little early, and so there might be a little pressure on that. Um, it's a little odd to see center backs sub down in any match. Um, so that might cause a little bit of confusion. Uh, the communication between Martinez and Tafari just may not be up there as well as it is. I mean, Hedges has a lot of natural instinct as a defender where you can expect him to at least use that long frame. He may not have the speed, but he's going to use that long frame to try to get in front of crosses and try and cut off defenders and if he misses, he's relying on one of the younger central defenders or even the wing backs to kind of get in position to maybe make the clearance or mark the man that he's missing. And that's one thing I noticed in the goal as well. Um, the other thing that I noticed yeah. in terms of if we want to continue on the round robin is just that Go for it. Uh, yeah, freaking weather is I know I joked about it being hot, but I mean. They've played five games in, I think it's 20, 21 days since they came back from the, the international break. They've got two points, and those games have been played in Dallas, Austin, Los Angeles, Dallas, and Houston. So it's not like you have, you're playing in these cooler climates and you're getting a little bit of a break. And I grant, granted, we train here in a pretty awful climate to begin with, but it's not something that's favorable for a long season like that, especially this short run of games. So um, I think that there's a little bit of fatigue setting in um, mentally, and that's causing the inability to close out matches. I noticed it especially um, towards the end where the link-up play is getting lazy, the tactics start to break down, and the manager's going to get frustrated. But again, this is a first-time head coach, so he can't get too frustrated with the team because he needs to... He, he Nico understands that there is going to be some betting in time for some of these players that he's relying on. 
Um, they have different roles than they had last year if they've returning or if they're new, like Velasco, um, just getting settled. And so I think that also matters. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think they're coming off that, like, when you get a new coach, you get the new coaches high, and then, like, there's that period after that. There's a new coach. Where they start coming back down There's definitely a new coach bump at times, but I think that this team has had different types of bumps where they just had really good runs of form where, like, Jesus couldn't stop scoring, right? Um, It it raises the level of everybody's game. When Farfan came in and everybody was like, best trade in the history of MLS. Like hands down, no one who's Ryan Hollingshead, right? Like nobody even cared. Um, so I think there's a little bit of this, the swing of the season and the team needs to respond to that somewhat internally. I think that Tyler talked about how we have uh, the, the FC Dallas has pretty lack of depth. It has a very light team in terms of a depth chart. Right. But that also means that veteran players need to kind of step up. And kind of say, hey, look, if you let this ship get off course, it's much harder to get it back on course than it is to get it back to where it is right now and then keep it where it's at and improve. Um, we've, we've seen Dallas start off really well and have dips in midseason that don't they don't recover. Um, well, well, it, I mean, you, you, you need that veteran leadership to do that. And their veteran leadership is in their center backs who can't stay on the field the whole match whether it be Martinez or Hedges, right? So, like, I think that's... Yeah, and the midfield is not even... The the, the veterans there would be Paxton Pomacal. I mean, and yep. he's not even, what, 22? Uh, and so that's that's the other part of it, is there isn't, aside from the defenders, and Frank O'Hara, I, I don't know what type of presence <laughs> he has in the locker room, <laughs> but I have a feeling he's just playing out this last year of his contract. Um, and ready to move on. But yeah, that's, it's a tough, tough ship to write. I think at the moment on the, on the depth issue, I, there are times when I look at the FC Dallas roster and I like, look, Jesus and, and Paul Ariola have been great. Paxton has been excellent this year, but there are probably too many players who start for FC Dallas who are not MLS caliber starters. Uh, I think, Siki and Sabaleng is a is an interesting player. I don't think he's an MLS caliber starter. I don't think FC Dallas has an MLS caliber starting right back on their roster right now. Um, I'm not even totally sold that Facundo Quinone is MLS caliber to as a starter. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm more down on him than many others. I think, but I think that over time your weaknesses begin to to show out a little bit more. And I think that's kind of what's happening in addition to a lot of the other factors like Tristan mentioned, heat, uh, depth, all those sorts of things. Yeah. Well, you kind of touched on on my one thing for the match uh, when you were talking about oh, Sorry, buddy. No, no, you're good. It was a good segue. Um, and I think that that it's kind of, we've already touched on, touched on a little bit of uh, it as well with the center backs, right? It's that spine um, with Facundo, the center backs and the rest of the midfield, right? There's that crazy personnel battle going on between uh, Insabaleng and Cervania. Like, what? I, I every time Insabaleng gets the start, I'm I'm thinking, what is what is Cervania doing to keep? Like he he was doing really well. He was play, a big presence. He would you know he scored that big banger goal at the beginning of the season. Um, he's he makes passes like that pass in through Ob- uh, Obreon that set up the Jesus goal. 
Um, why is he not on the pitch? And then at the end of the game, we kind of maybe saw something, the, the, the reason why he doesn't, uh, isn't really in favor anymore with that like rash red or yellow card and the, the red card getting him off. Like the, the thick type, the, the type of thing we used to like the mental lapses we used to see with, uh, Edwin Serio, whenever he'd, uh, you know, come in off the bench or he'd go into NTSC matches and just get red cards, really stupid ones. Um, but this ensembling thing is really interesting because like every time you think, okay, he's starting to learn, he's, you know, feeling, getting his, his feeling. And then like he'll, he'll dribble into space and there's one real good progressive pass option. And, and then he doesn't make it. He turns around and passes it back. Like, why, why aren't you making this pass? Uh, and so like people will get high on him, but then all of a sudden you're like, wait, that was like, what's, what are you doing? Um, and so, you know, in, in this match, he got subbed out in the, what, the 20 something minute. Yeah. yeah. Because he just wasn't working. And, um, you know, that's kind of that whole spine position battle thing is, is my one thing for that match. So. Yeah. I think, I think they mentioned it on the broadcast that, um, that he had two passes that he gave away two bad giveaways that led to yellow cards for other players on the team. And that was, <laughs> that was what got him the, the, the quick hook in that game. Um, which I, I, I had missed that. Like I just hadn't put it all together. And so I'm glad Mark and Steve pointed that on the broad, on the broadcast. Um, Cause yeah, that helped kind yeah. of contextualize it the right way. I think. Yeah, I, I actually, we were, I watched the game with uh, Jonathan Ross at a bar uh, and so like, we didn't get to hear Mark and Steve. So that's interesting. I didn't. You are now putting together for me what Mark and Steve <laughs> put together for you. Yeah, it, it helped. It definitely helps kind of connect the dots there a little bit. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's do one more round, Robin. Um, and we'll we'll do. OK, so we've all talked about how the um, we FC Dallas can't close out the games. There's, um, you know, there's something going on. What one thing would you change to fix their being able to close out a match? And I'll start with, do you want me to start so that you guys can think? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll start with um, the bench depth. And we talked about, you talked about Tyler, the, the bench being super thin. Every single game, whenever they release the, the, the lineup, and I look at that bench and you're like, okay, uh, Cervania, maybe, uh, it, who are the game changers? Who are the folks that can come in and be impact players off the bench? Um, I mean, see, there's Hara, <laughs> there's Cervania, um, and me, I don't like, that's it really. Uh, I mean, other than that, it's like Benny Redzik and, um, you know, uh, Nanu <laughs> <Ugh>. and <laughs> like, there's just, there's no, like there's no game changers or people who can come in and make it a big impact uh, off the bench. Like you see with so many other successful teams in MLS, they've got one or two like big, huge impact players that, um, that come in off the bench to, to close out games or to change the tide of a game. And FC Dallas does not have that. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, get, get depth preferably in the center back slot uh, it would be my one thing. Yeah. Tristan. Um, so I think on the depth thing, closing out a match would be important, but I think Tyler put his finger on probably one of the bigger problems is they, they lack experience 
and a, a solid MLS caliber right back. And the central mid- midfielders, they still haven't really worked out how to replace Carlos Grezo. And that's always, to me, been something that kept them above most MLS teams in the Western Conference was having his that Grezo type player that that could shut down defend or the build from other teams and then let FC Dallas kind of control play. Um, I would say those are the two main things. The other part about closing out the games, I think is also a little bit related to um, being too overly reliant on the forwards to both be creative in the play. And uh, Paxton's getting involved more, which I like to see. He's making those runs from deep, but relying on Jesus and Paul Areola and whether it's Velasco or Obreon to make and create and then convert those goals, I think is a little bit too much to ask sometimes on that front line. And that, that could be a, a, a coaching thing that just needs to be worked out and identified and stopped. Or it could be something that um, means somebody's not doing their job in the middle. But I noticed that they, they get quite one dimensional and, and it seems to be something that makes them, um, Vulnerable at the end of matches, especially if you go back to the Austin FC match, um, they were just really exposed a couple matches ago when they gave up that uh, the goal in, the, in stoppage time there. And I think that's just um, comes with new coach yeah. learning how to adapt uh, when he sees those types of, of, of exposures. There were a lot of parallels between the Austin match and the Houston match mm-hmm. as far yeah. as how they played out. Yeah, I, I think that... I think that to a certain extent, Nico's hands are tied because we already mentioned the weather, but you can't you can't play a pressing in your face style for ninety five to one hundred minutes a game, and so you have to be realistic about what your team can do. And so FC Dallas has done a good job taking leads, uh, so that's nice, you know, actually getting leads in some of these games. Um, but then the ability to close it out, you, you can't you can't press for that entire period of time. Your team is just going to absolutely run out of gas, and then you lose instead of draw. So. Um, so I think he tries to sit back and kind of create this defensive shell. The problem to me is that the players he's relying on to do that are playing poorly. And that's kind of why I highlighted Tafari, you know, in my kind of round robin topic is just that I think that he is relied on to be the guy to come in and kind of be that clearance monster and, and to be the guy that, that closes out all this space and really kind of shuts things down at the end of matches. And he's just not, playing well he's not doing a good job of that as when Cerio comes in um I can't really speak too much on on his performance but Brandon Cervania comes in gets a red card um or two yellows and, and gets dismissed from the game and so the players that that Nico has to rely on have not been reliable and so this kind of goes to to Tristan's point of uh, you know or I guess everyone's talked about it at this point that the players just aren't there on the bench to be able to kind of carry this out like who is going to be the the person that comes in and helps shut down a match? Uh, I mean, we mentioned Carlos Grezo. Uh, I kind of think he's sort of available. Um, my solution, <laughs> it, I, I don't have a solution with the personnel they currently have on this team. I, I like I don't have good ideas as far as that goes. Use that uh, use that Pepe money from Osberg yeah. to buy Grezo from Osberg. I mean, kind of right. Like that's 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 my best idea because I'm not sold on Kenyon. I think that the there are also the Richie Larea rumors that uh, were out there today to maybe upgrade the right back position. And uh, 
could possibly even provide some cover at left back, depending on how long Farfane is out. I don't know. So Richie Larea rumors are out there as well. So I, I think that the the answers lie somewhere off the roster if this team is going to improve in this in this area. And that's that that's the best I can do because I would be getting paid a whole lot more uh, if I could uh, <laughs> if I could solve this conundrum. I don't know. I don't know what salaries in MLS are like. So. Yeah. Nah. Well, there's a there's a guy that so Tim Vickery always rec- has been recommending ever since Russia invaded Ukraine. Tim Vickery has recommended uh, the Colombian midfielder Wilmer Barrios from Zenit St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. who is basically like Grezo, but a little taller, a little bit bigger, and and just a little more experienced. And I've been like sitting here like, all right, the Russian league is like going nowhere. He would be send FIFA would sanction the termination of a contract. Yeah. Like we would just have to throw some money at this guy and get it and convince Tristan, him. To come you should over, write an email to Dan. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they know like, who that guy is. I mean, like, <laughs> like they had Oscar on staff, but it, it is the difference between this guy and Grezo is, is just, he's yeah. I mean, I think Wilmer Barrios would be a perfect fit. It, it's not going to happen, but it, it would be in an ideal world. Something one can could, dream. Well, he's te- I mean, theoretically, he's as available as anybody because he plays in Russia. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I even I even think that they're doing some strange things like FIFA has sanctioned and allowed or maybe this is just a UEFA rule, but allowed players from Russia and from Ukrainian teams to go on loans at no penalty to. Their, their contract basically is paused. Yeah, is what yeah, I yeah. Their their contract is is kind of entirely paused with their their current clubs. So I mean, huh. I would. I, that's worth exploring. Heck, I mean, I'm open to it. Yeah, because I, I don't know that the solution is on the roster. Maybe you can be a little bit more aggressive than what they have been. I mean, Houston ended up with over a hundred more passes in the second half than FC Dallas. So, uh, you know, maybe you take a look at that and say. Uh, okay, like we can step out a little bit more. We don't need 10 guys in the box. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know that there's a solution on the roster. I think you need to go outside and and, and find some better ideas because I think there are at least three or four players that start on a regular basis for FC Dallas who uh, I don't know that you are going to be a true winning successful team with yeah. those kinds of players in the roster. I do not think that is a hot take. <laughs> so, I'm glad that's not. Right. I'm glad that's not a super <laughs> hot take. <laughs> well, what may be a hot take is how hot it will be uh, the next couple of matches for FC Dallas. How's that for a segue? Awesome. B, B maybe? Uh, C, C plus? Anyways. Very, uh, it's FC so Dallas. Tulsa. <laughs> it's such right. a Tulsa joke. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I, I, I own it and embrace it <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so uh, Wednesday... New York City visits Frisco and uh, 8, 8 p.m. kickoff for that one. New York City is having a pretty good season so far. No Tata Castellanos, uh, though. Oh. He did not travel okay. with the team. So there you go. There's, there's a little bit of hope there uh, for our defense. Uh, and then just a couple days turnaround after that, FC Dallas will host Austin again um, for at 8 p.m. on Saturday the 16th. And Austin is also playing really well. So Tough, tough week for SC Dallas. Uh, turnaround is needed if they're gonna, if they're gonna, you know, salvage the month of July. Now's the time. Um, so, 
All right. And with that, we will uh, draw the episode to a close. Uh, if you like what you heard today, you can hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. If you want to hear more from us, we're on Twitter as at Dallas Soccer Show. Um, Tyler Kern and Tristan Vick are both also on on Twitter. And so go look at them up. Uh, you can find our website at DallasSoccerShow.com. We're also over on the Striker dot uh, com. The the Striker announced this last week that they are expanding to California, so it's no longer the Striker Texas. Uh, it is the Striker News, and there's all kinds of California coverage going on uh, as well. So go check that out. Uh, for Tristan Vic, for Tyler Kern, I'm Dustination. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah.